damn me if we are not going to start the show off on high notes, personal high notes, and then we'll trickle down into the madness. It's been more than a week since you've heard my voice, but thanks for joining me. Get ready and tighten your seat belt or your sanity belt. Maybe get some duct tape and wrap your head around it so that when it explodes, all the pieces will be there so you can put it back together. Because this is FritzCast! Welcome to a special Friday, August 25th, 2017 edition of the FritzCast. And why is it that the FritzCast is being put up on Friday rather than Monday? Well, let me tell you something about last weekend. Last weekend, Jay Sean and Luther got murdered! That's right, Jay Sean and Luther... Tied the knot on 8-20-2017 last Sunday. Congratulations, guys. I was in. I it, Me, I was I was in the wedding. Remember, there's an episode from last year, sometime last year, or over the past. I don't know. It was sometime, but it's, it's titled, I Have Been Selected. And that's when I talked about how. Jay Sean asked me to be a groomsman at his wedding, and, you know, it was a touchy moment and all that all that jazz. The wedding happened. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sorry, my voice cracked because it's so emotional, obviously. It's because I just yelled. Beautiful wedding. Beautiful weekend that went off without a hitch for everybody involved, my, myself, my wife, uh, the, the bridal party, so to speak, the, uh, the lady types. What are they called? Bridesmaids. Bridal party. Duh. And then the groomsmen, the gentle, the gents, us fellas. Uh, everything went off without a hitch, and it was a beautiful wedding for such a gross couple. Inside joke. Some people are going to get it. Some people aren't. I don't care. I don't have to explain myself to you. But that's what I did over the course of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was all involved around... Jay Sean and Luther. Code names, obviously. We we've been through that before. I do code names, so that way nobody has to, you know, in this environment have to explain their relationship with me at all. <laughs> it's exactly why you've never heard me say my wife's name. You just hear me say my wife. My wife, very nice. But on top of all that, so I mean the weekend without a hitch, uh great weekend. Yes, I drank a little bit. Maybe. A little bit. There was an open bar at the reception. And I might have let loose a little bit. But, you know, that's between me and everybody that was there that saw me. So Monday and Tuesday, I worked Jay Sean's shifts at work. Uh, His 8 to 4 shifts, and then I work 4 to 12, and I have Friday, Saturdays off now, so I did essentially doubles. And I also worked overtimes on Wednesday and Thursday on top of my shift so I became like yesterday I had I lost it yesterday about six o'clock last night at work I went nuts not not in a bad way but it was just I could yeah I was tired uh I was ready for my weekend which is finally here and it's it's 11 o'clock right now in the morning and just for just for S and G's, you might be thinking, "Oh, you just woke up. It's eleven o'clock in the morning. You work four days straight." No, no, no. I didn't just wake up. 
Okay, I ran down to the DMV because I needed to get a title drawn up for that piece of crap Buick rendezvous that I have. Which, by the way, if anybody has suggestions of where I can donate that to a good cause, let me know because I'm just getting rid of it. I had to get a title drawn up for that. Except when I went to the DMV, I neglected to realize or failed to realize that I am the co-owner of that car. And my wife is listed as the primary owner, and, and they need both signatures of both people to draw up a new title. And mind you, the title got lost by the company that we financed the car through. So when I finished paying it off, they were going to send me the title. They said, oh, we lost the title, so we're going to cut you a check and uh, and give you this you know, certified letter, which took forever to get. All right, So it took a while to get to the phase where I could just go to the freaking DMV. Go to the DMV, get there. Oh, hey, you need two signatures. Here's the paperwork. Come back later. So I drive all the way home. Pick up something for my wife who forgot to take something to work. Surprise, surprise. No offense, honey. So I pick up the item from home. I drive all the way down to my wife's work. I give the stuff to my wife. I get her to sign the sheets of paper that I need her to sign. I go back home because I forgot to write down the odometer mileage on the car, which I need for the paperwork, which I could have got the first round. Then I go all the way back to the DMV, finally get the damn title, drive all the way back home now where I can record my podcast. So to say that I've enjoyed my day off so far, not really, but that is life sometimes. I am at least on a four-day weekend, and when my wife gets off tonight, it'll be a lovely dinner at my mother's house, and then uh, a beach over the next couple of days, and then back into the fray. However, you, you just heard, so the weekend, didn't watch a bit of news, didn't really pay attention to my phone. Been at work for 16 hours straight every day for the last four days. I haven't watched the news. I haven't listened to political commentary. I haven't done jack all nothing. And let me tell you something. It's probably something that we all need to do just a little bit. Because this, this, this environment that has been created right now is so volatile, is so disgusting, is so nasty, is so divisive. And you people, when I say you people, I, I even mean me. Well, for some reason, we just can't help but sink our teeth into the stupidity of everything that's going on. Everything that's going on. And there's no room for compromise anymore. By the way, if anybody didn't realize, with, with every advancing year of humanity, we're in 2017, we have lost the art of compromise. We don't compromise anymore. Why are we arguing over a bunch of stone statues that were erected about the Confederacy in the town square because we can't freaking come to terms. We can't compromise. I've sat here, and I've said it probably a dozen times about these monuments that, you know, in one of my, in, in one of my blog posts, and I think I already mentioned it before, there was a monument to the Battle of Liberty Place, which was nothing but a bunch of racist white guys who were angry that they lost the Civil War, made a stand, caused a ruckus in a mob scene, 
And there was a, there was a monument to this, and it stated white supremacy on it. That, the, who the hell erected that? It was erected on taxpayer dollar, pretty much. But here's the thing. We sit here and we argue about these monuments. Okay, now somebody like me, I've said Confederate monuments, don't have them in the public square. Take them to museums, put them in the graveyards where these guys are buried, or put them in museums or battlefields. But that's the compromise solution. Look, it's history. Don't tear it down. Put it somewhere where it has the relevance and where it makes sense. Battlefields, museums, uh, and like I said, even some of the cemeteries. That all makes sense. Public square, fine. Get it out of the public square. I'm cool with that. It's whatever. I, I don't go to Virginia to just see a random statue of Robert E. Lee. I don't. If I want to go see a statue of Robert E. Lee, uh, I can go to any number of battlefields, any number of museums, and see that stuff. It doesn't need to be in the town square. I absolutely agree with that. Okay? and and But the compromise is, I'm saying, especially me being a, a American history buff, appreciator, obsessionist, whatever you want to call it. When I look at these, when I look at the monuments of, of such things, it's like I don't look at, I don't go to the battle, to the battlefield of Gettysburg, for example, to glorify warfare. I go there because 50,000 men died on that field. That's a lot. And the Civil War, as much as we want to try to, uh, uh, wash history and, and talk about it simplistically which pisses me off to no end history is so complex humanity is so complex and life is so complex everybody wants to just dumb it down to fit narratives and it just doesn't work that way history doesn't work that way life doesn't work that way you can't boil down generalize and simplify things that are so complex the civil war had Brothers fighting against brothers, fathers fighting against sons, neighbors fighting against neighbors. Whether you like it or not. Yes, slavery was a root. We talked about this, and we don't need to ramble on about it continually. I don't go to the battlefield to, to glorify or praise war. I don't. I go there because there was a great deal of sacrifice from men who were on the wrong side and men who were on a more nobler side. That's what it would. That, that's why I go to th places like these battlefields. They're hallowed grounds in my mind, but people don't even know the meaning of hallowed grounds or the significance of such at all. And it's sad to say that, but but people have lost sight of what has you know that the past is in the past. You have to learn from the past. You have to respect the past. And people won't even compromise. I say move these monuments, especially if they're not, you know, just straight up, obviously, blatantly racist. Because it, just because there's a Confederate statue or monument does not actually, factually make it promoting racism. I don't believe that anyway. The statue that they tore down in Durham, North Carolina, which many news sources, if you go look it up now, many news sources are falsely calling it a Robert E. Lee statue. It wasn't a Robert E. Lee statue. It was a statue of a random 
Confederate soldier, and the and the dedication on the monument itself, the only words inscribed on that monument, were dedicated to the boys who wore gray. That was it. That was it. It did not say white supremacy. It did not say kill all black people. It did not say enslave all black people. It did not say uh, maintain the Confederacy or anything like that. It just acknowledged the fact that there was people who took up arms in the Confederacy who fought and died. And it's an emotional thing to get into. It's an emotional argument to get into for people, and I don't understand how this was something that happened a hundred plus years ago. Those people are all dead. None of us were alive. I don't get how it's so emotional. I really don't. You want to talk about something more emotional? Bump it up to today. Think about World War II. Everybody's talking right now about the the KKK, the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists. There were uh, people in the German army, okay? There were people fighting in Germany, in the German army, under Adolf Hitler, who, in fact, did not like, approve of, or engage in that whole extermination of the Jews thing. It's hard for people to come to grips to the fact that there was people in Germany who were forced into the army. Like, their choice would be either serve your nation in the army or have your family killed. And, yeah, it's probably easy for all of us to say, well, hey, you should have just, just gone the noble route and, and died. You know, screw your family. One of the one of the things that opened me up to that was a movie called Saints and Soldiers. That's a film made by a actual actually a made by a Mormon filmmaker. It's World War Two. Four Allied forces army troops are, are caught behind enemy lines after escaping the Malmadi massacre. One of the guys was a one of the guys in the, in the unit was a missionary had served for his church. They never actually equated to the Mormon church, mind you, just a Christian guy who's reading the Bible a lot on his downtime and struggling with things that he's done in the war. It follows him. There's one guy that is completely atheistic during the whole time and is kind of making fun of the guy who's constantly reading the book, constantly reading his scriptures, and all that jazz. He runs into a German soldier who, before the war, had met with when he served for his church in Germany. And the guy in the army, on the German side, wants nothing to do with the Nazism stuff. Doesn't like it. Doesn't approve of it. But he's a German soldier because his options were to die and have his family killed or fight for the army. Now, is this not literally a brilliant discussion about maybe he didn't do the right thing? But how hard, like, this is, this is where things become so complex and so, so not black and white. Everybody wants to make the world black and white. And it's not. And I'm trying to tell you guys this. I'm trying to tell people this every day. Stop trying to make things and dumb things down and boil them down to being so simplistic. 
nobody's nobody's thinking outside the box right now and the news media is just lumping in the ratings and the money and what's sad is that people blindly trust the media and think that the media doesn't have some kind of end goal like how the media is a business the news lost integrity a long 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 time ago It's funny that I just saw on Facebook members of my family arguing over somebody who actually attended some event at a Donald Trump rally and stated that the media blew it up. And I have one side of my family saying, like, he was at the rally, this is what he saw, versus the other people in my family who are just, you know, oh, but the news is reporting this. The news, the news, the news, the news, the news. And cite your sources and the news and the news and the news and cite your sources. I get citing your source, your sources and all that, but at the end of the day, when we're talking about the news media, the news media is a business that needs viewership, and that's what brings in the money. No, but, uh, nothing that you're watching on TV with news broadcasters on a news network is about integrity. It's about how many millions of viewers did we get? How long do we keep them? How much money do we bring in? That's... That is the news media in a nutshell. That's not to disparage anybody that wears a press pass. But, real talk. Okay? Real talk. I talk about the news. I give you my opinion on the news. From what the news has reported, from what we know. But to sit here, for me to sit here and say like, oh, good. Good job, press corps. Good job, news media, for doing your job. You are trying to sh- you're trying to grab ratings. You're trying to grab ratings and make money. There's nothing wrong with trying to make money and grabbing ratings, but at the end of the day, I need you to admit that if you didn't have ratings and you weren't getting the money, you wouldn't be doing what you were doing in the first place, which is facts. let's face it, if the news was about just giving you the information, it wouldn't be all these pundits and talking heads. And it wouldn't be 24-7 nonstop coverage. The only reason it is is because of the almighty dollar. And my, how quickly things have turned, because as far as I know, people are still arguing over rocks that have been carved into likenesses. People have already long forgotten now that uh, the Donald Trump transgender military ban statement, which hasn't even happened because it was hot air from a president who was dumb. Long gone is the talk of North Korea nuclear attacks and nuclear warfare with North Korea. Long gone is the talk about canning Jeff Sessions for whatever reason he was going to be fired, probably because he's a douchebag. Right now, I just see huge, massive dividing lines and broad definitions being painted on to lots of people. Like, all of a sudden, if you voted for Donald Trump, you're a white supremacist, neo-Nazi, KKK uh, divisionist who is racist. Okay? You all know, I'm not one who voted for Donald Trump. I think he's a buffoon. I'm not going to disparage everybody that voted for him because not everybody did vote for him for those reasons 
uh, whether you like it or not. You can't paint with such a broad brush and with broad strokes. You can't. You can call out white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and racists, absolutely, because that's pathetic. But then you can't call everybody who's saying that a Confederate monument shouldn't be torn down, smelted, smashed to pieces a racist because you have people like me who I am not racist. I think that if you judge by the group or by the color of one's skin, if you judge anybody other than by the content of their character, you are wrong. Can I just can I play you this clip from Gettysburg from the film Gettysburg? You have um Jeff Daniels playing the role of Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain and you have Kevin Conway playing the role of Buster Kilrain who is unfortunately for all intents and purposes a fictional character and the words that you're about to hear may have never been spoken but I believe they're powerful words. Listen. <sighs> Tell me something, Buster. What do you think of Negroes? Well, if you mean the race, I don't really know. This is not a thing to be ashamed of. The thing is, you cannot judge a race. Any man who judges by the group is a peewit. You take men. See, to me, there never was any difference. None at all? None at all. Of course, I haven't known that many freed men, but those I knew in, uh, in Bangor, Portland. You look in the eye, there was a man. There was a divine spark, as my mother used to call it. That's all there is to it. Races are men. What a piece of work is man. How infinite in faculties and form and moving. Express an admiral. In action, all I can paint him. Well, if he's an angel, all right then. But he damn well must be a killer angel. Colonel Darling, you're a lovely man. I see a vast, great difference between us, yet I admire you. You're an idealist. Praise be. The truth is, Colonel, there is no divine spark. There's many a man alive, no more of value than a dead dog, believe me. And you've seen them hang each other the way I have back in the old country. Equality. What I'm fighting for is the right to prove I'm a better man than many of them. Where have you seen this divine spark in operation, Colonel? Where have you noted this magnificent equality? No two things on earth that equal have an equal chance, not a leaf, not a tree. There's many a man worse than me, and some better. But I don't think race or country matters a damn. What matters, Colonel? Is justice, which is why I'm here. 
I'll be treated as I deserve, not as my father deserved. I'm Kilrain, and I damn all gentlemen. There's only one aristocracy, and that That's why we've got to win this war. Any man who judges by the group is a peewit. I'll be judged. I'll be judged by all of you by my character, by my actions, by what I do. And if you come and approach me and judge me on anything else, get ready for a fight. Plain and simple. I judge everybody that I come in contact by their character. Not by their race, not by their height, not by their weight, not by their gender, not by their lineage, not by who their father is or was. Two thousand seventeen. Can we just respect people? Just respect people. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, just because of all the controversy that went around, uh, ESPN pulled a uh, announcer, Robert Lee, from a uh, Virginia game, moved him to another game, and uh, people don't want to look at how ridiculous it was. Because ESPN, mind you, fired a guy, a commentator, during because during a tennis game, with uh, Venus Williams, I believe. He said she was using uh, the gorilla effect. And wh when he said it, mind you, he wasn't saying the word gorilla like the animal. But as in like gorilla tactics. As in like something that's actually a tennis term. A, f a tennis form. Saying that she mastered the gorilla effect. And thanks to the Twitter mob... A bunch of uneducated people who were just angry because of their ignorance. The guy got fired by ESPN because ESPN is a stupid organization. The fact that they moved a guy named Robert Lee, an Asian man, mind you, named Robert Lee, and they pulled him and moved him to a different game. And because they did that, they brought attention onto themselves and created an issue that wouldn't have been an issue in the first place because nobody would have stopped and said, oh my God, a guy named Robert Lee is announcing this game. I feel so horrendously offended. Or maybe somebody would. It's 2017, and instead of being where I thought humanity would be, we've all regressed and gone a little freaking nuts. That's what happened. 
true story. Google it. It's on there. And just before I started, I actually read this uh, from uh, this thing from Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, of all people. I, lo I love Mike Rowe. Remember Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs? He, he talks about politics here and there on his Facebook page and all that. This is what happened on his Facebook wall. A man named Chuck Adkins wrote on Mike Rowe's wall, Stating, quote, one of the tenets of white nationalism is that college-educated people are academic elitists. Comment? No? I'm not surprised. You never take a political stand because you don't want to alienate anybody. It's bad for business. I get it. But there's a current, but there is a current of anti-intellectualism in this country promoted by Republicans. Those people love you, and they think your initiative is their initiative. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is kicking our ass academically. You want to know what Mike's, Mike Rowe's response to this was? Because it's epic. Here we go. Mike Rose states, Hi Chuck, since we're being candid, allow me to say how much I dislike your post. Everything about it annoys me. Your smug and snarky tone, your appalling grammar, your complete lack of evidence to support your claims, and of course, the overarching logical fallacy that informs your entire position. What really bugs me though is the fact that you're not entirely wrong. It's true. I haven't shared any political opinions this week, in part anyway, because doing so might very well be, quote, bad for business. What can I say? I work for half a dozen different companies, none of whom pay me to share my political opinions. I run a nonpartisan foundation, and I'm about to launch a new show on Facebook, and I'm very aware that celebrities pay a price for opening their big fat gobs. Gilbert Gottfried, Kathy Griffin, Colin Kaepernick, Milo Yiannopoulos, even that guy from Google who just got himself fired for mouthing off. There's no getting around it. The First Amendment does not guarantee the freedom to speak without consequences. And really, that's fine by me. So no, I'm not going to share my personal feelings about Charlottesville, President Trump, or the current effort to remove thousands of statues of long-dead soldiers from the public square. Not because, not just because it's, quote, bad for business, but because it's annoying. I can't think of a single celebrity whose political opinion I value, and I'm not going to assume the country feels any differently about mine. So rather than blow myself up or chime in with all the obvious observations about the cowardly scum and the pointy hats, I'm going to talk instead about my belief that comments like yours pose a far greater threat to the future of our country than the existence of a memorial to Thomas Jefferson or a monument to George Washington. Ready? Let's start with a closer look at your claims. You say that white nationalists believe that everyone who goes to college is an academic elite. Then, you then say that Republicans promote anti-intellectualism. You offer no proof to support either claim, but it really doesn't matter. Your statements successfully connect two radically different organizations by allegedly sharing a belief. Thus... White nationalists and the Republican Party suddenly have something in common, a contempt for higher education. Then you make it personal. You say that Republicans love me because they believe that my initiative and their initiative are one and the same. But of course, their initiative is now the same initiative as white nationalists. Very clever. Without offering a shred of evidence, you've implied that Republicans who support micro works do so because they believe I share their disdain for all things intellectual. And proof, just like that, Republicans, white nationalists, and micro-works are suddenly conflated. The next thing you know, I'm off on a press tour to disavow rumors of my troubling association with the Nazis. Far-fetched? 
far from it. That's how logical fallacies work. A flaw in reasoning or a mistake or a mistaken belief undermines the logic of a conclusion, often leading to real-world consequences. And right now, logical fallacies are not limited to the warped beliefs of morons with tiki torches and other morons calling for more dead cops. Logical fallacies are everywhere. As I type this, a Democrat on CNN is making an argument that says, because Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, these Republicans now opposed to tearing down his memorial are pro-slavery and therefore aligned with the modern-day KKK. That's a logical fallacy. Sidebar before I continue reading, absolutely, because if I stand up and say that the, that the statue of George Washington, our first president of the United States, our first commander-in-chief, and the leader of the army that made us who we are, into this country today, if I defend that, there are people out there, there's people listening right now probably, who'd say, this racist piece of shit. All just because I appreciate history and acknowledge that George Washington wasn't a god. None of our founding fathers were gods and no politician is a god and we haven't had any politicians that are a god. Period. The end. We've had no perfect politician. We've had no perfect president. I say I want the statue of Jefferson to stay up and people are going to say I'm racist because of it. Back to Mike Rose letter. Quote. Over on Fox, a Republican is arguing that, quote, any Democrat who has not yet condemned the senator from Missouri for publicly wishing that Donald Trump be assassinated is guilty of wishing for that exact same thing. That's a logical fallacy. Yesterday on the Science Channel, Neil deGrasse Tyson, a noted astronomer, tweeted that the ability of scientists to accurately predict a solar eclipse was proof that predictions of global warming were also accurate. That's a logical fallacy. Want to hear another one? Imagine something like this unfolding over on N... MSNBC. Quote, Good morning, America. Our top story tonight, Chuck Adkins is a racist. Why? Because he can't spell. Just look at his grammar. In a recent post on Mike Rose's Facebook page, Mr. Adkins, while bemoaning America's global academic standing, not only misspelled elitist, but he used tenants when he meant to say tenants. He neglected to use a hyphen in anti-intellectual, and he misplaced several commas and apostrophes. But why is he a racist, you ask? Simple, because everyone who knows racists are ignorant. Chuck Atkins is clearly a poor speller. Poor spelling and grammar are signs of ignorance. Ergo, Chuck Atkins is a racist. Boom! The matter is settled. Tune in more at 11. I added that bit. Micro ends by saying, quote, In other words, Chuck, I have no idea what the white nationalists think about my efforts or the Republicans, the Democrats, the elitists, the Italians, the Presbyterians, the unions, or the self-proclaimed anti-intellectuals. And I really couldn't care less. My question is, why do you? So if I had a word of advice for everybody, take a step back and turn off the news for a little bit. Because that has just been siphoned down to, to what it is. That, that, that is the greatest, it's the greatest ploy of division I have ever witnessed. And it's 2017. You would think 
that these little propaganda tactics, that these little things wouldn't have an effect on this day and age because we are at the height of humanity. We're at, we're at a technological height. We're at so many heights of humanity. Yet the regression is back tenfold. Tenfold! We want to talk about... Take that little intellectualism thing about America, education on the global scale. Just think about education in general. You think this generation is the most educated? You think the world now is the most educated? Really? Do you? I had an argument the other day with somebody who said, you know, one day there will be no nations and the world will live mostly in harmony. There won't be any nations. It'll be people and yada, yada, yada. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a pipe dream. I don't say that because I don't want that. I don't say that because I'm fighting against it. I say that because it's a pipe dream. It's, it's rather easy for everybody to say Donald Trump is the problem, and if Donald Trump wasn't here... Mind you, if Donald Trump wasn't president, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Donald Trump was not president, everything that's going on right now probably isn't going on. All right, Hillary Clinton gets elected as president. There's probably some other arguing and bickering going on, but is there an effort to tear down Confederate statues from town squares? I doubt it. Not with this much forefront on it. And I will say, that's because Donald Trump was, is weak in condemning white supremacy. I did, absolutely, I, absolutely, I'll say that. And I'll even say that this small faction of KKK, white supremacy, neo-Nazi people, they probably feel a little empowered right now, which isn't a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. It's a bad thing because we discussed this. We would like the number of white supremacy neo-Nazis to be zero, and any number greater than zero is wrong and is bad. However, there's not millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions. You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that Tiki Torch has to come out on social media platforms and disavow the bunch of people that went out and bought Tiki Torches to say that they don't represent Tiki Torch's initiative and Tiki Torch's values. I mean, is this the world that we live in? Did, um, um, did, what was the car? Okay, look. Mind you, in, in all the madness, the girl, Heather Hare, who was killed because this, this asshole drove his car into a crowd of protesters wanting to cause chaos. People bickered over what side he was on rather than just mourning the fact that this innocent bystander was killed and should not have been killed. In, in all the madness of that, I, I forget the name of the guy who drove the car. I, I do. Forgive me. I don't really care about him. He's a piece of crap and can go to jail forever, as far as I'm concerned. 
he was driving a, a Dodge Challenger, I believe. Does Dodge have to come out and say, he does not reflect the fuse and, and the values of Dodge? Like, that's not what we made our cars for. Do they have to come out and say that? Do they have to come out and say, we understand people might be putting bumper stickers on our cars, but I just want everybody to know it's not reflective of Dodge and what we believe here in Dodge and how we make our cars. It does not promote Dodge values. You know, we disavow bumper stickers of all kinds. Do they have to come out and say that? No. People need to grow up is what needs to happen. Will that happen? I don't know. But that's all I want to talk about this today. That, that's as far as I want to go today. So I want you guys to keep that in mind. I probably won't be back on Monday. <laughs> Just because I need to enjoy the uh, the four-day break and continue staying away from pol- political talk and, and all this divisiveness and watching the, the, the news and all that I need to take a step back. So don't expect a new podcast episode on Monday, but there will be one this week. There will be a new one coming out this upcoming week. I am currently finalizing a blog post for next week as well because the blog has been silent for a little bit too just because of the madness. I needed a break. I needed a mental break, and I work in a prison, which, by the way, you don't really get – your mental break from prison isn't is never long enough number one and number two I needed a break from the news and I still clearly need a freaking break from the news so (laughs) that's that all right but the blog post I'm finalizing is actually about my flag collection which brace yourselves there might be some flags in there that you don't agree with and uh, maybe I don't agree with what you think about them either but hopefully it'll teach you something about why I love historical flags and collecting them as well as teach you some of the meaning behind the flags themselves which I think will be really cool maybe it will, maybe it will be totally nerdy I don't know and I don't really care I'm not looking for clicks or likes or, like, or anything like that, I'm, I'm not and with that being said about clicks or likes do me a favor if you listen to this, like it share it Get a friend in on this, you know. If, if I had one challenge for everybody, share this with at least one friend. Say, hey, listen to this guy. What do you think of him? Uh, is he ridiculous? Is he nuts? Is he crazy? We already know he's crazy, but we're just trying to get a general consensus so that we can get him committed. That kind of a thing. And uh, I'll get back to you, absolutely, on the Facebook. It's facebook.com slash thefritzcast. If you want the blog, it's on wordpress.com slash fritzcast. Oh, no, actually, it's not. It's not. Strike that. It's fritzcast.wordpress.com for the blog. Twitter, I am on Twitter at fritzqs. That's F-R-I-T-Z-Q-S. And... As always, share this because this is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. It's anywhere, anywhere you can find podcasts and anywhere podcasts are you want to be. Final note. Love you all. See you all next week. And again, congratulations, Jay, Sean, and Lex, who 
do not have to disavow anything that I said that they may not agree with because I'm an individual human person and so are they. And if you don't like that, I don't know what to tell you. See ya!